A 25-year-old man goes looking for love on Christmas Eve, probably hoping to cuddle by a fire that night. Instead, he encounters a monster. Later, police would find out that the man who hurt Kevin Bacon had already attacked two other men, but their stories weren't believed. This is the story of a crime that didn't have to happen. You're listening to Bad Axe Podcast. Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka, and this is our co-host. Hey, I'm Aaron. The case we have today, I found in the most ridiculous way. Really? Because I heard people talking about bacon, and I thought maybe there was a bacon murder. Interesting. Like maybe someone got so upset over not having bacon, or someone stealing bacon, that they sort of lashed out. Yeah, I can see that. People I get did, passionate about bacon. They certainly do. Now, I did not find a murder caused by bacon, but I did find a murder that really made me question my knowledge of pop culture, because I found several articles about Kevin Bacon being murdered. Really? Yes. Now, you're probably thinking, there's no way the actor Kevin Bacon is gone, and you are correct. Well, that's good. This is an entirely different Kevin Bacon. Well, it's good for the actor, but clearly bad for this guy. Yeah, and I will tell you, our actor does make a brief uh, appearance in the case today, because he does give money to the family afterwards, because obviously it's shocking anytime someone with your name dies. Yes, that is true. And that's really nice of him. Yes, so we are going to be talking about this new Kevin Bacon today. This case takes place on Christmas Eve 2019. So flashback, we're all still happy. We can leave our homes, everyone. No (laughs) one's wearing a mask, and we're all blissfully unaware of what is around the corner. Yeah, for real. For real. 25-year-old Kevin Bacon is living in Swartz Creek, Michigan. Photos show Bacon with dyed purplish hair and a kind face. He worked as a hairstylist and attended the University of Michigan Flint campus. Kevin had two cats named Smokey and Fuzzy, as well as a dog named Hannah. He also had several very colorful tattoos depicting glamorous drag queens and a unicorn, along with what looks like a gothic skull design. Reports say several of the tattoos were inspired by YouTube star Jeffree Star, who actually donated $20,000 to the family. Also, Well, that's nice. Yeah, now I do feel like we should mention on the podcast that Jeffree Star is extremely controversial right now because of an avalanche of allegations of racism. So we're not exactly fans, but Kevin was a fan and we are not judging him. There we go. On Christmas Eve 2019, Kevin was looking for love on the dating app Grindr. Well, maybe not so much love, but he was looking for something. <laughs> he was going to have some nice romantic connections. There you go. It's, I think that's a cozy way to spend Christmas Eve. Could be. I mean. Definitely. Now, I'm just happy that I don't have to be on, <laughs> on apps anymore. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we all have a dating app horror story, but most of us do not have a story that's quite as awful as Kevin's. Because that is what is going to happen, is we are having an awful dating app encounter. Okay. Sadly, Kevin met one of those bad people that we're all trying to avoid on the dating apps. 
he matched with 50-year-old Mark David Latunsky. After matching with Latunsky on the app, Kevin left his home that he shared with a roommate on Christmas Eve to meet up with him. Now, he told his friends that he was going to meet quote unquote, a stranger. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Now, I think this was actually pretty common for Kevin is he was a really open guy and he was very trusting. So it was normal for him to meet strangers, but he had some protocols to keep himself safe. He always took his own car and he always met the person in a public location so he could check them out. That's good. So on this particular Christmas Eve, Kevin met Latunsky in the Family Dollar parking lot. At that point, they sort of checked each other out, decided if they were into things, and if they trusted each other to go forward. Yeah. Well, Kevin decided that Latunsky seemed like an alright guy, and that he could trust him with what they were going to do next. Right, okay. So, it turns out that Latunsky was into some BDSM. Uh And Kevin was definitely down to play. Gotcha. As agreed, Kevin stripped off all of his clothes and let Latunsky blindfold him. In the parking lot? In the parking lot. Uh-oh. So he put on a blindfold and he also put on earmuffs to block out any sounds that Kevin might be hearing. Right. But now he has no idea where he's going to be taken to. Of course, yeah. And so at that point too, Kevin left his car behind and got into Latunsky's van. And once he was in the van... Latunsky applied ankle and wrist restraints to Kevin. Now, it's important to note that based on their grinder messages, this did start out as a consensual BDSM experience. So Kevin did say that he was okay with being bound like this. Right, okay. Well, that that's good. Although, honestly, from the description, it sounds pretty sketchy. Yeah, but in these messages, Latunsky had reassured Kevin that he would be safe the entire time and that at no point would he be placed in any danger. Okay. And it seems as though Kevin believed him when he said that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, so at this point, Kevin is laying in the back of Latunsky's van covered in a blanket and he allows himself to be driven back to Latunsky's home in Bennington Township. But Kevin was never seen alive again. Since they just met, it's understandable that Kevin probably didn't know a lot about Latunsky. Well, we have the benefit of hindsight, right? So we can talk a little bit about this fellow. Latunsky was a father of four who was separated from his husband at the time of this incident. The husband, a man named Jamie Arnold, told news outlets that he actually left Latunsky because he kept bringing strangers to their home for sex. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I think that could break up any relationship. I would think so, yeah. I can't imagine being in a monogamous relationship and coming home and refining multiple different people on different occasions. Yeah, no, that's going to be a no. It's ridiculous. Yep. And just to be clear, police also have totally cleared this husband, even though they were listed as still being married. He for sure had no knowledge or involvement in Latunsky trying to do this stuff with Kevin. Well, that's good. Yeah. On Facebook, Latunsky posted photos of himself naked with items covering his penis and even posted photos of himself cooking naked. Okay, then. Yeah, so he had kind of a little bit of a scandal going on over there, just basically having sex with everything. Yeah, <laughs> sounds that's, what, like. that's what it sounds like, yeah. Court documents provided the address for this house, so of course I looked it up for everyone, and I couldn't find many pictures on realty sites, but I did find some photos. And this house that Latunsky took Kevin to was a tiny red brick home sitting on a large plot of land surrounded by trees. 
in pictures, it almost looks like a cottage in a clearing in the woods. It actually feels kind of romantic in a way and less scary as a cottage though. But I feel like if it were during the parts of the day like dawn and dusk when there were shadows being cast by the trees, it could definitely have sort of a horror movie feel. I could see that, especially if you're being driven up to it in a van being blindfolded. Like, be Mm -hmm. real. And even spookier, atop the house, a little turret that looks like the top of a lighthouse provides 360 degree views. Oh wow. Yes. So it's kind of like its own little tiny baby castle in the middle of this like wooded area. Yeah, it sounds like it. The town that this house sits in is called Maurice, Michigan. And this is a very small rural village with just 900 residents. And it's known for its farms and wildlife. Once they arrived at the house, Lutunsky took Bacon down to his basement. Oh boy, he's got a basement. It's a red flag every single time someone goes to a basement right away. Yes, it is. This literally is a murder basement, apparently. A murder basement. Because once they were in this murder basement, Latunsky turned on Kevin. Now remember, Kevin is already bound, right? He already is blindfolded and he has those earmuffs on. Right, yep. But Latunsky attacked him from behind. He stabbed Kevin in the back. Then he slit his throat with a knife. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they were very gruesome wounds because they actually are what killed Kevin. Yeah. Now you're thinking, oh, that's horrible, but it's already over. He kidnapped Kevin and immediately murdered him. Yeah, I mean, what else is there left to do? Oh, there's a a lot more left (laughs) for Latonsky to do. Yeah, but wait, there's more. Latonsky tied a rope around Kevin's ankles and threw the rope over the rafters in the basement. Then he pulled on the rope to raise Kevin's naked body up off the floor, suspending it from the rafters. Apparently, he did this to let the blood drain out. Oh my god. Yes. Now, while he was hanging like this, Latonsky basically treated him like a piece of meat. And he cut off Bacon's testicles, fried them, and ate them. Oh my god. Yeah. Now, I don't know why you would do that. I do know that Latunsky has some mental health problems, but still, testicles. Yeah, fried testicles? Like, what is that? I just, how do you even get the idea for that? I don't even know. Like, that's... No one write in and tell us. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, please don't send us that information. Yeah, please don't. Please. Of course, I should say, we do not have any definitive proof that he actually ate any part of the body, but he does say he did, and it's gone, so it's... It's possible in theory that he changed his mind and threw it away. But it seems unlikely that he would keep lying about it if he didn't do it. Yeah, like why would you say that if you didn't do it? That's the feeling I have about this. I mean, I do feel like there's people out there that try to confess the sensational things to get attention. But this is not that dude. No, no, I don't think so either. Okay, remember, this was on Christmas Eve. So on Christmas morning, Kevin's parents are expecting him at a family gathering, but he never showed up. Well, uh, for obvious reasons that we know of. Yes. Now, they knew immediately something was wrong. They were really, really close to their son, and he loved his parents, so he would not have missed Christmas unless there was a very good reason. Yeah, definitely. So they called the cops right then and reported him missing. Good. I do not think the cops initially thought there was a problem because he was a grown man, but they found his car that day abandoned in that plaza where the family dollar was. So at that point, the police knew the parents were onto something and he was in fact missing. Yep. In his car, they found his phone and his wallet, yep. but no sign of Kevin. Yeah, that's how you, you know something's wrong. 
Yeah, and his family told police that he would never be anywhere without his phone or his wallet. He had a whole system, like I said before, that he told everyone about, where he always brought his own car, he kept his phone, he kept his wallet. That is what helped him feel safe. So the fact that he didn't have those items was a huge red flag. Exactly. But also, there was even more chilling information to come because the police realized he had the clothes that he was wearing when he left the house. And there's like a little video of him leaving the last time because they had a camera outside their home. It could have been a ring camera, but I'm not sure exactly what brand it was. But they know what he was wearing, so they see those clothes in the car and know, oh my god, this guy is somewhere without his clothing. We have a problem. Yeah, you do. So that day, Latunsky, remember, he has a dead body in his house at this point, actually attended a party at the home of his estranged husband, Jamie Arnold. Oh, wow. So he goes to a freaking Christmas party right after committing this murder. That's awful. Yeah. And Arnold, the ex-husband, claims that he invited Latunsky because he didn't want him to be alone on Christmas, not knowing that he had, like, orchestrated this entire crime behind the scenes. Yeah. And according to the people at the party, Latunsky acted totally normal and there was no sign that anything was wrong. How do you how do you commit a murder and then just go about your day like nothing is wrong? Yeah, I think that's one of the craziest things is just to be able to do that. I don't know how you could pretend something was just okay. I mean, aren't you at least anxious that it's at your house? What if someone goes in or something happens? I would think so, yeah. I just don't even know. Yeah, I don't know how you could do that. So no one knows where Kevin is for several days until... On December 28th, 2019, this is four days after he went missing, technically, because he met Latunsky on Christmas Eve. Yep. On the 28th, police received information via a Facebook tip that Kevin may have been at Latunsky's home. Really? Yes. So since he's still missing at this time, they visited Latunsky's home to do a welfare check on Kevin. At this point, I think people had some hope because they're thinking, okay, Kevin's on Grindr. He's meeting these men. He met a man on Christmas Eve. Maybe they just decided to have a romantic holiday together. Yeah. It's possible people do it. So the police go over there just to double check. They're expecting to find Kevin at the house and just saying, oh, there was a misunderstanding. I forgot to tell everyone where I was. I've just been here all this time. Right. So Latunsky opens the door shirtless and wearing a brown leather kilt, like everyone else does, (laughs) and tells them that they can come inside the house. Really? Yes. So he just invites the police inside. He invites them into his murder house where he has a body. Yes, in the basement, still. Like he didn't even make him get a warrant? No, he just lets them inside. Now, it's not clear if he's having some sort of psychotic issue at this point or if he just thinks he's going to get away with it. Yeah. I know, even though he has mental health issues, I genuinely think he thought he was going to get away with it. And there's a reason I think that, that we will get to in just a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there is a reason I think that. Okay. I also think it's possible that he just wanted the body to go away at this point. Even though it's cold outside, it can't be that cold in the house. And he's had a dead body in there for four days. It's got to smell pretty bad. It's got to smell pretty bad. I feel like it's possible that he just wanted to just abort crime at that point. Yeah. And maybe that's why he let them in. Could be. Who knows? He just wanted to get it over with. What we do know, though, is that police did enter the home to find Kevin, and they ended up searching the rooms, including that basement. And there, 
they found Kevin's naked, mutilated body hanging from the rafters in that secret room. Still. Jesus. Yeah. According to police documents, the officers who initially found Kevin called detectives to the scene who read Latunsky his Miranda rights right away because at this point they know he is getting arrested. So they're not taking any chances with asking him questions. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, you know, straight to jail. So pretty much right after they read him his rights, Latunsky confessed to the crime and told police exactly what he did, including that cannibalism. Jesus. Prosecutors charged Latunsky with open murder and mutilation of a body to which he pleaded insanity. According to his public defender, Latunsky believes that he's from a royal family in Wales, and because of these claims, the court allowed a psychological evaluation. This is just to see, is he competent? Could this have played a role in his crime? Right. Newspaper reports state that Latunsky had actually been hospitalized four times already in the past for mental health reasons. So, it does make sense that he had these problems. Sure. And he himself told the court on December 30th that his name was actually Edgar Thomas Hill and Mark Latunsky was his nephew. Really? Yeah, so it's he claimed he wasn't himself. Okay, then. In addition to this information about him saying that his name was Edgar Thomas Hill, we also have a statement from his ex-wife, who was the mother of his kids. She claims that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and that that's partly why he had been hospitalized, not just because he was confused about his identity. Like, the specific confusion had to do with his mental illness. Right, right, right. Yes. So, the part that becomes hard for the court, though, is, yes, he might be schizophrenic, but did that make him murder Kevin? Because could this have been part of a delusion? It doesn't seem like it is to the the prosecutors. Yeah. Okay, now, there's a second part of the defense, though, that really makes me angry, because we know that the defense is going to argue insanity. That makes total sense. But they went one step further and had a backup defense that I find to be completely offensive. Okay. They actually asked the court to add a charge of assisted suicide to the list because they planned to argue that Latunsky was actually doing Kevin a favor because Kevin wanted to kill himself but was too afraid to do it and Latunsky stepped in and murdered him. That is bullshit. Yes. So they tried to blame Kevin for his own murder and get a lesser charge of assisted suicide instead of murder. That is not cool. Yeah, and there's 0% chance, people, zero, absolutely zero, that anyone, even someone who was mentally ill, being serious, would want to be stabbed in the back and have their throat slashed and then hung upside down and bled out. And have their testicles eaten. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there is one guy on record that wanted his testicles eaten, so that's a possibility. Okay. Apparently that's a specific (laughs) mental illness. I stand corrected. Yeah, but this (laughs) case, like, it's not reasonable that someone would ask to be murdered like that. There are so many other ways to die and or be killed that are less gross. Yes. And also, Kevin was not unhappy. Everyone who knew him knew that he had his life on track He had things that made him happy. He was meeting new people. He was in school and had a job that he loved. And also, they have all of his messages back and forth with Latunsky that clearly show he was just trying to have a good time that night and wanted to come home safely. Exactly. 
Anyway, I just want to say that as soon as I heard that he had blamed the victim, I was actually done with the entire lawyer, too, because <laughs> I think that it's kind of a piece of shit move. I know that you have to defend people, but be serious. Don't try to denigrate the victim while you're doing it. Exactly. They do this psychological evaluation because of the mental health issues, which are very apparent to people in his life. Based on these results, if he was not found competent to stand trial, they were just going to place Latunsky in a lockdown facility until he was ready for the trial and then start started whenever he was ready gotcha. that was their plan okay Meanwhile, Kevin's family held a vigil for him, and Kevin's father told NBC 25 News that he loved and cherished his family before he passed. And one part that was weird to me is that the family actually started urging the public not to ruin Kevin's reputation. Because evidently there were some people that felt like it was appropriate to insult him for being on dating apps and for meeting up for like consensual random sex. It's okay if people want to meet up and, and have sex. Yeah, it is. And that's not a reason for someone to get murdered. And if someone is murdered doing that, you should not be victim shaming them. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. No, I mean, there's no excuse to kill somebody. I mean, there just isn't. Zero. I just thought that was extra sad, too, because the family shouldn't have to worry about that shit anyway. Exactly. If you don't have something nice to say about their murder victim, then shut your damn mouth. Absolutely. The story actually somehow gets crazier from here, though. Because after Latunsky was arrested and charged with Kevin's murder, another man came forward with a lawsuit against him alleging that something similar happened to him. What? Yeah. Wait, this isn't his first time? Nope. Holy shit. So this is what I mean about I think he thought he could get away with it because buckle up, people. This is about to get what? All right. Okay, so the man who sued him is called James Carlson and he had taken a bus from his home in New York to meet up with Latunsky's husband, Jamie Arnold, or so he had thought. He believed he had been talking to Arnold online, but sources indicate that he was probably talking to Latunsky that entire time and did not realize it. Gotcha. Carlson claims that he and Arnold planned to engage in consensual BDSM, but things quickly went awry because when he arrived at the bus stop, Latunsky is the one waiting for him, not Arnold. That's a red flag. Yes. Now, at this point, Latunsky tells Carlson that he and Arnold had actually moved out and split up, and that Arnold was just off doing his own thing and couldn't come, but that he, Latunsky, would take Carlson back to his house and that he could stay with him for the week and just see where things went. Yeah. Okay, so Carlson listens to this guy. He doesn't really have a lot of money, so he can't really go to a hotel or go back, and he decides to give this guy a chance. He seems legitimate. Okay. I'm not sure what Latunsky is doing, but I actually feel like this is kind of a an indication that maybe his mental health claims aren't as strong as some other people's might be because no one is noticing that anything is off about this guy. Yeah. I mean, we have at least two victims here 
who met him and determined him to be a rational, nice, open person. So it's possible that he's in the middle of a psychosis. That's not impossible. But I've been in, in a psychotic episode before myself. And you don't seem regular right. <laughs> during parts of it. It's a concrete thing. It's a per- It's a thing that's happening the whole time. Right. You can kind of tell. Yes. And yeah. people noticed. I mean, I remember... Not to get off on myself uh, too much, but I remember being in a psychotic episode in school one time and I thought I was being extremely normal and everyone knew something was wrong (laughs) and they were freaking out. And so I don't believe that he would have been able to be this regular and normal if he were in some sort of psychotic episode. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. I mean, it it makes sense. But Carlson went back to the house with Latunsky. And once they were there, Latunsky took him down to the basement and tied him up and allegedly told him that he, quote, wasn't going anywhere, unquote. That is a red flag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I cannot imagine the level of fear of being stuck in this guy's basement that you just met. You're tied up now and he's telling you you can't leave. Yeah, that's not cool. Uh Uh-uh. No, that's a no. Yeah. Fortunately for Carlson, he was able to cut himself free while Latunsky was sleeping that night. Nice. Yes. So at this point, he gets free. He grabs his phone and he just runs. He just runs out into the street and just into this like wooded area. Good call. Okay. So as he's running down the street that goes through the woods, he called the police and let them know that he had just broken out of this guy's house. Yeah. Good for him. After the police interviewed him, though, Carlson opted not to press charges and went to the bus station to go home. Oh, no. Yes. And unfortunately, again, he found out his ticket wasn't good for another week. So he actually had nowhere to go. Oh, no. Guess where he goes? No, he doesn't go back to the murder house. He freaking does. No. He goes back to the murder house. No, why would you go back? Yeah. So Jesus. he calls Latunsky at this point, and he just convinces him that it was an oopsie. He had told the police that he thought he was cool with it the whole time. And so that's how he got tied up in the basement. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So Carlson believes Latunsky goes back and stays at the house. And fortunately, he does live. Latunsky kind of gave up on killing him. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah, that's good, at least. But, obviously, it was a traumatic incident for him. And also, maybe an indication that we need to have some sort of victims fund for people to get tickets home or some shit. Yeah, for real. Like, don't go back to the murder house, y'all. No. And I think, I 100% am sure that the reason why he didn't press charges is because of the fact that people are judgy. Because these are two gay men who are having BDSM sex and I think that he was just not able to convince these cops to be on his side. Yeah. Because people are judgy and it's harder for people who are in the LGBTQ plus community sometimes to get help that they deserve because of judgy people. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Especially considering the fact that the community was so in uproar about Kevin's quote unquote lifestyle after he died. I think Carlson was worried about the same type of stuff. And he was just like, you know what? I'm out of the house. I'm not dead. Just let's just call it a day and I want to go home. There you go. That makes sense. Which is not cool. It's not cool, but it makes sense. Especially because this leads to more crimes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Because this is actually not even the only two incidences. I'm going to tell you about one more incident that happened leading up to Kevin's murder. Wait, there's more? 
Yes. And oh, my God. Again, this is why I personally think that Latunsky believed he would get away with it. Because at this point, we have one victim that was essentially not believed. Yeah. And this is serious shit. I mean, if they would have gone to the basement, they would have seen the t- the ropes. And it's messed up that Carlson didn't believe that he would be, you know, that he would be believed. Yeah. By the officers, despite this evidence. Exactly. Well, according to news reports, on November 25th, 2019, so this is about halfway between the abduction of Carlson and the murder of Kevin, a 29-year-old man with blood on his face who was only wearing a kilt ran out of Latunsky's home. That's a red flag. Yes. Now, witnesses in the neighborhood witness this man running down the street and see Latunsky chasing him. Oh, my God. He chased him down the street? Yes. So, they actually called police and... The man, the 29-year-old man, seeks help from one of these neighbors. Because essentially he's running down the street that goes through that wooded area, trying to get to another home. Wow. Okay, so the police come to the scene. But, surprisingly, this man also decided not to press charges. Of course not. Yes. Now, the police question both of them. The bleeding man, who is bleeding, tells them his side of the story about the BDSM situation. Mm-hmm. And then Latunsky says that he only chased this man because he wanted his kilt back. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, apparently it was a $300 kilt. And he's just like, oh, he was okay to leave my house. I just didn't want him to steal my kilt. That is bullshit. Yes. Come on. Nobody goes running down the road screaming and Mm-mm. gets chased. And Mm-mm. it's just oh, over a kilt. I mean, no. No, it's just the most insane shit. And the fact that I feel like the police weren't taking these men seriously and it's not fair to both them and also to Kevin. Exactly. Because if people had acknowledged that Latunsky was committing these crimes ahead of time, something could have been done. Right. He wouldn't have been there doing that to Kevin. Exactly. Because there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a BDSM lifestyle, but both people are supposed to be into it. And when they withdraw their consent, that means something. So even if they initially were cool with it, if they're bleeding and running away and saying, this man is assaulting me and not respecting my boundaries, that is a freaking problem. Yeah, man. When they say stop, you got to stop. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. Now, court documents from a prior incident with his ex-wife showed that she actually wanted his children taken away because of his mental health issues, including major depression, the paranoid schizophrenia, but also a personality disorder. Uh, of course. Yeah, which comes into play here because we don't know what's causing all of this, but I'm leaning more toward the personality disorder. Because, again, I don't believe that he's psychotic if he's able to trick these people and pose and lure them into his house. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a psychotic episode. Yeah, and part of me doesn't even want to mention that he had a mental illness because I feel like these types of actions are what give mental illnesses such a stigma. Because just because you have something like schizophrenia does not mean that you are going to kill someone. And I feel like he uses it as an excuse to try to get away with it. Yeah, exactly. So as of right now, Latunsky is actually still awaiting trial. He's been undergoing those mental health evaluations and they take time. And as we all know, the pandemic slowed a lot of that down. So we don't know the verdict in his case yet. So I guess all these crimes are quote unquote allegedly committed, but You're right, alleged. we know that he was in that house and confessed. Yep. Also, in a final note, I will tell you that Bacon's murder house was sold at auction in February 2020 for a little over $100,000. And I do have to wonder, would you live in that house? Uh, No, I would not live in a murder house. That one's a no. I feel like I would live in some murder houses, depending on what happened, but not this shit. 
No. Uh, no. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. No. I don't need that in my life. Agreed. Well, that's the story of Kevin Bacon. I feel like the most standout part of this out of everything, despite the drama of the cannibalism and the specter of mental illness, to me, the most important thing in this case is that the men who were victimized by Latunsky were ignored because of the fact that they have a sexual orientation that some people feel judgy about for some reason. And I don't think that it's fair that we are letting these victims be harmed for no reason. Agreed. It's not cool. So hopefully that can change as we go forward in society. Maybe talk to people you care about. Let them know we need to stop being pieces of poop as a society. There you go. Maybe we can save the next Kevin. There you go. Okay, well, thank you for listening. If you would like more exclusive content and to support the show, we have a Patreon that backslash badxpod. You have to type it in. Also, you can buy us a coffee to support the show at buymeacoffee.com backslash badxpod. We love to connect with our listeners on social media. We are most active on Instagram, but all of our accounts are at badxpod. You can also email us at Gmail, and Aaron's going to tell you that Gmail account badxpod at gmail.com i know it's so hard right we (laughs) also have a website that i'm pretty sure you know the address to it's badxpod.com we will see you there have an awesome week and thank you for listening bye-bye bye